The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Hello and welcome to my podcast. I'm Dr. Stephen Farmer, psychotherapist, shamanic practitioner, author, and teacher, and I'll be exploring with you ways to connect with spirit animals, ancestors, spirits of nature, how to heal from trauma, and many other topics. So stay tuned. Well, hello again. This is Dr. Stephen Farmer, Doc Stephen, and welcome to Healing for Your Soul. Uh, Thank you for joining us. I think you're going to enjoy the conversation today. I have a dear friend of mine. We've been friends for a number of years, um, Lisa McCourt. And I want to tell you a little bit about uh, Lisa and her work. And also an exciting uh, thing is happening. She's going to be releasing her new book. So um, the new book, I'll tell you the title. And then, of course, we'll talk about it as we go into the podcast. And it's called Free Your Joy. 12 Keys to Sustainable Happiness. 12 Keys to Sustainable Happiness. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) So hang on. I want to tell you a little bit about Lisa. And I'm going to read from her bio that she sent. Lisa wasn't always a joyful person, which is really hard to tell because I know this. I know this person and she's uh, generally pretty happy whenever I've seen her, been or talked to her anything like that. But anyway, uh, once she found the surefire path to sustainable joy, she devoted her career to sharing that roadmap with others. Lisa, quote, more than anything, I just want to be an effective member of the team that's elevating the level of love and joy in the world. An admirable purpose, admirable. Uh, Her positions on that team have included writing dozens of mega selling books both in her own name and as a ghostwriter for other transformational leaders, founding her online joy school at lisamccourt.com. I'm going to spell Lisa, L-I-S-A, capital M, lowercase c, capital C-O-U-R-T.com, and hosting her Do Joy podcast, collaborating on countless projects. Boy, that's so true with other popular teachers of consciousness and joyful living. Lisa will be discussing her latest book, as I mentioned, for your joy and how to create and discover great, greater happiness. Lisa, welcome to my podcast. Thank you. Always such a pleasure and a joy to connect with you, Doc Steven. This is new, right, Doc Steven? I like it. It suits you. Yeah, it's just uh, once in a while I toss it around, Lisa, and I kind of like it. It feels, uh, how should I say, it feels cool. 
<laughs> Dr. Stephen Farmer sounds so formal, you know. Doc Stephen sounds like you're talking to a DJ or something. Maybe I'm kind of sage and wizardy, which I always have seen you as. So, <laughs> Doc Stephen. Oh, thank you, dear. God bless you. Anyway, I thank, thanks for coming on the program. You know, we had a few uh, technological glitches here before we got this recorded, but it looks like we're on the way and everything's working fine, which I am always uh, so grateful. Uh, first, uh, frustration comes and then gratitude, you know, when something actually works, you know, with technology, which it does about 90, 95% of the time. So, Lisa, tell us a little more about yourself. I think that's an interesting statement. You haven't always been a joyful person. And having known you for, I don't even know, probably about a good 20 years plus, you've always impressed me as being, you know, generally pretty up. I'm going to try that. I want to tie that into an observation you just made about technology. You said it's the, the frustration is followed by gratitude. And isn't that the way? It's like if technology always worked perfectly seamlessly with no hiccups, would we even be grateful for it? Would we even like think to have that moment of everything's coming together? My technology is working. Mercury must have righted itself or whatever thought process (laughs) we go through, right? So I I think that's, um, you know, that's how it is for myself. And I know other teachers who kind of are are in this... uh, joy business is often it's because of the gift of contrast, right? Having known life before you discover joy makes you really, really appreciate joy and just want to be that that conduit for others because you know what it's like to have not been there. And yeah, I, I think I am going back before you and I met when I think about, you know, the the before and after of having discovered the principles that I share in my book and my joy school and through my various trainings and podcasts. Um, you know, I, I was blessed with some understandings that completely upended how I experienced my life. And then it's sort of like, once you, once you see that, once your eyeballs are peeled and you see this like glowing, mysterious blob of wonderful over here and you look around the planet and realize like, oh my gosh, they're not seeing it. 90% of these people aren't seeing it. I got to show them. I got to bring them over here. (laughs) (laughs) And with enthusiasm too. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Well, I know you've got a lengthy career of, uh, as a writer, and I think you're an excellent writer. I had a chance to do a little bit of uh, scanning through your new book, you know, you sent me the PDF to look over and I, wow, you know, I was, uh, I was kind of blown away. Like, I forget how good of a writer you are, but how did you get started with this? And also uh, you said ghostwriter, you've done ghostwriting for some other professionals as well, but how'd you get started? Yeah. So going way, way back, I think that um, my, my gift for writing, which I do acknowledge as a gift is probably one of those Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hour things. When I was a child, I was very, very, very painfully shy and reclusive. And I was a journaler and that was my solace, my therapy, my only place that I could really be myself and feel safe and feel connected to you know who I am, connected to my core was in my journals. I've got a huge closet pile of them that's taller than I am. And, you know, what they say, whatever you spend the most time in, whatever you put the hours in, you're going to get better at. So in school, I wasn't like a knock it out of the park grades person, but always my writing, my papers, my English classes, that was 
the thing that I, I could do and excel at. So that's what I studied. I actually went to college and tried to study psychology. So I so admire people like you who were able to, because I know your slant had to be the kind of psychology that, that you talk about now and love. And that was what I thought psychology was going to be. And in my experience, it just wasn't. So I just kind of shut that down because I'm like, this isn't what I came here to learn. Like, I want to understand right. people. I want to understand relationships and dynamics and our relationships with ourselves. So, um, so I switched to English because, you know, that was what I was good at. And then my jobs were always in publishing and writing. So it's just been sort of like the, the one useful thing that's always come naturally to me. I reflect back on uh, statistics, you know, psychology. <laughs> I went to UC Riverside and it was a heavily experimental psychology program. And I, I think I, I got through it. <laughs> but I do remember the statistics class and how often I would be sitting there reading a book going, well, I can't say it on the air, you know, it would be, it would be impolite, but <laughs> you know where I'm going with it. Just like, why do I have to study this stuff? You know, so I passed it, you know, but that's, that's all I can really say is I passed it. And I was fortunate for it. And it is funny how things like that happen. You know, we try something, it's like tasting the soup and going, no, wrong recipe. You know, let's move over to this one here. And you did. And you've obviously had a very successful career. Um, you said you were shy as a child. Do you still think of yourself that way? Do you see yourself as shy? No, I yeah. don't. I I know a lot of, um, ah, I, I, I'm an expert introverted introvert i love people i make friends in the grocery store i don't feel like i'm a shy person at all anymore yet i know that i really really do require my alone time that's like a, a huge requirement and when i'm not getting it things start going wonky so it's it's uh it's precious to have that complete alone time for inner reflection and recharge but i love being around people so both in it sounds like it's it's become more balanced for you in that way. You could still need to retreat from time to two. I can relate to that. And also you've learned to um, socialize and teach and be out there in the public eye. And you seem very comfortable with it at this point. I, I am. I think that um, when I look back on when the, the times I talked about like not being a joyful person. It was about really having to work hard at socializing and faking it. And I always was somebody who always had the smile on. It just wasn't an authentic smile in the earlier part of my life. It was very forced, very, I have to do what's expected of me. I have to be all things to all people. I have to be a chameleon who can transform myself in a moment, depending on who's in front of me so that I can be the most pleasing to this person. That was mm. the dynamic that I grew up with. And, um, and yeah, I think the, the work that I've done, the years and years and years of, of intense personal development work and kind of spiritual growth that, that I know you talk about a lot and, and I talk about a lot has just anchored that, joy and in, in an authentic way that allows it to be, you know, not something that I'm afraid of being with people at all anymore. Oh, boy, I, I tell you, I'll, I'll confirm that everybody who's listening to that. Definitely. Uh, you've got to, uh, those of you who are listening, you've got to check out uh, Lisa's website, lisamccourt.com, you know, and find out what she's up to. And am I saying that right? Is it lisamccourtjoy.com or lisamccourt.com? 
It's just my name, lisamickcourt.com. Yep. Okay. M, uh, capital M, little c, capital C-O-U-R-T, Lisa McCourt. I don't think um, the search engines care if you capitalize or not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, the, um, the, the first book, what was your first book? Oh, well, um, my very first book didn't go anywhere. It was a ghostwrite for Sting, actually, which is kind of cool. But um, it, it ended up at the last minute being under my name because it was a rainforest book for kids. And he was really into the Rainforest uh, Foundation oh. at the time. And it was supposed to be, you know, through him. And it ended up just being published in my name. So that was my first book for kids a long time ago. I used to work for children's book publishers. But my first book that really got popular and has been my most popular book by far uh, for a very long time was my children's book, I Love You, Stinky Face. I Love You, Stinky Face. Yes, I remember that. I remember seeing <laughs> a copy of that. And then uh, event, did you do for other children's books? Yeah, I did a lot night? of children's books back then. It was uh, you know, a passion for me because I had young kids. Fun story about I Love You, Stinky Face that I don't know if I've ever shared with you, but the the child that was in my belly, my first baby at that time that I wrote, I Love You, Stinky Face, is uh, my now beautiful transgender daughter, Talia. And that book is all about unconditional parental love. Like no matter what, in funny, silly, extreme ways, no matter what you are, I just love you to death, no matter what you are. So Sweet. it's written kind of like glib and tongue in cheek, but that message of unconditional parental love is, I know what made it, you know, so, so popular. It sold many millions of copies. And uh, it's just kind of interesting now. It's almost... Well, it is having a resurgence with LGBTQ kids who remember having it read to them when they were young, because that's how oh, old wow. the book is, and are now, you know, reaching out and saying, I've, I've found the limit to my parents' love. And it's, it's really sad because a lot of these kids were read that book and, and took that to heart and thought that their parents would love them no matter what and are finding out otherwise now. Well, I... I, I... I'm very impressed by that. I admire you for doing that too, because it's much needed right now. Um, a book like that, that they can refer to. So um, good for you. And uh, you, your former son is now transgender Talia. Yes. Who I, I did meet. I haven't met Talia yet. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, and you're very, um, you're very uh, forthright about it too, you know, and I admire that as well. And your love shines through, you know, for not just your daughter or two daughters, really, but your daughters, but also for others who are experiencing that same uh, dilemma, shall we say, questioning whether their parents love them or not. And this is to encourage them to love no matter what, unconditional love. Good for you. I used to and not then, speak yeah. about it as much because I wanted to respect her privacy, but she's she's really cool with it now. So yeah, I do a lot of work in that community. I'm a president of PFLAG, and I, I work with that community a lot. Well, thank you for doing that. And then what uh, what from there? Whoops, uh, sorry about that. What what from there? What did you engage in from there? I know you like you said you've done some other ghost writing as well, but you also have some of your own books. Mm -hmm. What else have you done? Well, I think when you and I were first. Um, in connection a lot. We we met at a conference in Sedona when I was talking about a Hay House book I had written then, Juicy Joy. And and that was when I uh, actually interviewed you and Jessica, I think, for a project that I was doing. But I used to, to go speak at a lot of uh, events about the Juicy Joy book, which really is 
similar in theme to the new book 10 years later. It's just that there's, you know, it was the first one was based on my joy trainings and my teachings that I was doing through joy school. It wasn't called that then. And this one is definitely based in the trainings that I do at joy school. It's just, they've deepened and expanded and grown so much in the past 10 years that it was time for a a new book about it. It had to gestate for a while. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, you know, lengthy gestation, but the book will be out or will be coming out soon, or is perhaps even out now by the time people listen to this podcast. Free Your Joy, 12 Keys to Sustainable Happiness. I don't know that we have time, I don't think, to have go through all 12 keys, but how about a sample of one or two of those keys? Yeah, sure. I think that um, it's a progression. The book is actually set up to be slowly digested over the course of a year. Of course, I can't enforce that on the readers. This is just a suggestion because what I've learned in all these years of doing this is that it's not an overnight process. We can learn something. We can go on a weekend retreat and think, oh, I have all the knowledge now. I had like 10 aha moments. My life's going to be completely different. But it's really about the integration. So mm. the book is is spread out with a week of a specific practice every week for a year that you can bring into your life and reflect on how it's showing up in your life and repersonalize the tools so that it's a, a cumulative sort of a journey. So the 12 keys are the 12 months of the year. And early on, the the first ones are really about getting into a habit of self-observation because most of us are just on autopilot. We just were thinking the thoughts that we're thinking, Mm -hmm. the same thoughts day in and day out. This is how the human mind is, is structured. This is how everybody's doing it around us. So this is how we do it. We have these default reactivity settings, these default preferences, things that we want and don't want. And we're always sort of managing how to get more of those wanted things and less of those unwanted things. So all of that we have to become aware of before we can do anything about it. So some of Mm -hmm. the early steps are really focused on becoming the observer of ourselves, the observer of our thoughts. And Mm -hmm. then once you're able to observe your thoughts, you can really get into that spiritual place where, well, who's doing the observing? And that's a a huge part of elevating your joy set point, elevating your vibration is becoming aware of the part of you that is your soul, that is your, your spirit presence, because we all got one. There's nobody walking the planet right now that doesn't have a soul. There are some corpses maybe that are lying around, but everybody out there walking around has got a soul, has got a spirit. And we've been so trained against recognition of that. So once we're watching our thoughts, we can get more cognizant that, ooh, there's there's a, a thinker and there's somebody observing the thinking. Let me tap into that energy of the observer presence. And from there, it's not too hard to pull on some strings and start bringing that aspect of us more into the forefront of our lives. And that aspect of every one of us is naturally joy and love and compassion for self and others, because that aspect of us is love. We came from love. That's who we are at our essence. That's why everybody wants it. Everybody here on the planet is craving love because we want that homecoming to who we naturally are. So a lot of the early steps are about that. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence 
a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org thrive. So it's about unpeeling some of the um, habitual beliefs, etc., habitual ways of thinking, even habitual ways of thinking uh, of feeling as well and behavior. I remember a movie uh, that I watched a few years ago, and it was just simply called Happiness. I don't know if you came across that, but it's it's a good one. And uh, there's a real touching scene in there where this fellow is addressing high schools about bullying and such like that. But one of the keys that came out of that, based on some research that some psychologists did, is that do something different. Walk down a different street on the way to work, for instance. You know, break the routine up. You know, that, that's one of the keys, at least from this perspective, about um, that can lead to happiness. You know, and it sounds very congruent to what you've described in your book as well. Shake it up a little bit. Learn to be, learn to trust, not trust is probably not the right word, but like you're saying about observing the witness self, you know, observing your own behavior, allowing yourself to move into that spiritual domain, to be aware that you're operating from that place, which is a wonderful gift. And I must say, particularly needed right now with the context of what we're dealing with, you know, in the world, you know, it's so easy to get swept up in social media and stuff like that. And, you know, and then want to crawl into your, um, <laughs> crawl, crawl into a room somewhere, you know, and close the door, but you can go out and meet the world and you can bring something different to the world too, which is by the way, what you're doing <laughs> and also encouraging others through, through your writings. I love that example about walking down a different path. It, it makes me think of a conversation that I know you and I have had in, in prior opportunities like this, where we've played together about signs. Because I think if we're taking the same path, just to use that as a metaphor for everything, if we're taking the same path every day, we're blind to what's around us. We've, we've just, we've seen yeah, it so true. many times that we're not going to see it. Nothing's going to catch our attention. If we go down a different way, ooh, what's that sign in that storefront window? Or, oh, that's an interesting bush there flowering on the side of the road. And those those are the perceptions that I believe, and I think you and I have, have uh, come at this from a, a similar place, trigger some some thought process or some understanding or some question that we've put out to the universe. It'll be triggered by something that we notice in our environment. And I think that mm. normalizes for a lot of people this whole idea of signs, because I know some of my joy schoolers, when I start talking about looking for signs, they're like, well, what? the something's going to drop that car with that license plate down in front of me. That's too hard for me to believe. No, the car was going to be in front of you. You just weren't going to notice it. You weren't going to notice that message on the license plate until you sort of engaged your spirit in this whole, let's look for something that's going to answer this question that I've been putting out there. And your, your spirit is going to direct you to notice the things that will lead you to new thoughts and impressions that can lead to better circumstances. Yeah, I totally agree. Of course, I totally agree with that. Um, guidance is available, you know, as we go through the life path, you know, it is available and it really is a matter 
Uh, first off, accepting the possibility that we do have experiences that confirm our direction or experiences, observations, things that we perceive that tell us that we got to move in a different direction. You know, uh, I must say, I think I've gotten much better over the years, but uh, I, I can see the flip side of determination, which I know that I can be very, very determined, but the shadow side of that is stubbornness, you know, is <laughs> refu refusing for whatever reasons, you know, to uh, concede that maybe I do have guidance, but we have, we have non-visible beings that can guide us, uh, as you know, and the listeners know, you know, a lot about animal spirits and spirit animals, but also nature spirits about the tree being able to communicate something to us. And also when we get, um, like you said, the license plate, it's a repeat. Okay, the same numbers, or there's a word on the license plate that came to me earlier in a different way. And then there's a third instance where I get that same word. Uh, relax, you know, something like that. Maybe I, I turn uh, uh, to a, a sign, you know, when I'm at the grocery store and it just says, relax. And then I go outside and I turn on the radio and there is something on there about relaxing, et cetera, et cetera. So that the observer self, like you said, hears, sees, perceives this in some way. And it's a matter of just being open, as you're saying, Lisa, you know, being open to those signs and symbols that show up and they're abundant. They're there all the time. And in your book, you elaborate on that quite a bit too. And again, the book is Free Your Joy, 12 Keys to Sustainable Happiness. So it's a, it's a workbook for a whole year. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much a boots on the cool. ground. You got to go do this. Like you can read the book. You'll get a little boost. You'll get some aha moments. There'll be, you know, glitzy little wows here and there. You got to do it. If you do it, you change your default setting, what we call the joy step point in, in joy school. Because most of us, well, all of us, unless we take charge of it in some way, have a spot of homeostasis where our joy just naturally comes to rest. And we have days where mm. it feels like it's boosted up and days where it plummets down, but we're always going to level off at what feels familiar, what we've been trained to believe that we deserve in terms of a happy existence. And that's mm. not so great for a lot of us just because of the way our society is structured right now, but we can let, we can up level it. We can permanently sustainably raise our joy set point, but it makes only sense when we apply the tools to our life. That's why I like to think of readers spreading it out and going and go practice this for a week, go practice this one for a week. Now go practice this for a week. And if they do it, there's no way they won't elevate their joy set point. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, Joy School, you've mentioned, you brought that up a few times. So uh, tell us about Joy School. Joy School is online primarily at, at this point in time. I used to have a lot of live events prior to COVID and everything went online at COVID and we just haven't done um, too much outside of that. I do have a few live retreats this year, one in Chicago, one in uh, Cactus Blossom Retreat Center in um Southern California. I'll have to come see you mm. when I'm up there in October. So uh, there are some live opportunities to experience Joy School, um, but for the most part, it's a, a two event a month 
base membership where there's one night the first Monday of every month. I talk about one of the keys from the book. We do exercises together. It's very interactive. Victoria Shaw teaches that with me and she gives intuitive readings to the participants. She's absolutely mm -hmm. amazing. She was my intuition coach over the past almost two years now and she really did more to bring out my intuition than anybody ever has. Um, I do that on the first Monday and on the third Wednesday of every month, we have a guest teacher, which is called Joy School Spotlight. And Steven's going to be a Joy School Spotlight. Yay! 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 <laughs> and that's also highly interactive with a lot of spot coaching and a lot of um, application of bring it to your life kinds of uh, bridge bridges that we put together. So that's base base level uh, Joy School, which is super, super affordable. We made it just $77 for six months of Joy School. Wow. That's good. And I think that rather than me, I mean, anybody can do any of those events a la carte. If you just want to come one time, you can come for the Monday, you can come for the Wednesday, super reasonable to do it a la carte. But I need the six month membership that affordable because I really want people to see that it's in the repeated application. It's, you know, it's easy to get so so caught up in a workshop and then go we go back to regular life every one of us and it takes that repetition to really have the, the tools and the spiritual principles start to solidify so that's why i love for people to do that for six months from there we have a premier level membership which meets a couple times a week in very small groups where we really uh go deep with the principles and everybody mm. loves everybody it's just so so beautiful the love that are in these these little small groups and that's um that's the premier level. So I always recommend people start with the base level just to get your toes wet and see what you think, see if it resonates with you, because you really do have to be in the right frame of mind to want to do the the premier level. You have to believe that it's possible to up level your joy first and foremost, because a lot point. of people out yeah. there just won't really believe it's possible, and just you know be willing to to put a little commitment into some shifts, some simple little shifts that you can gradually implement. Well, again, thank you for your work and what you offer. It sounds very intriguing, especially I like the two levels. Um, and to go into the premiere is might be too much too soon, too. I suspect you know. Let's let's start here at base one. You know, let's start at uh, high school and or college, and then we go to graduate school, something like that. The other is the importance of community. I, I think that's something that uh, I know personally. I have really felt you know with the pandemic. I think most everyone has felt that to some degree or another. Um, and I think there's an opening that's happening where people want to come together in community. And again, online, what we talked about earlier, you know, technology, thank God for it, you know, that we're able to make uh, something happen like this conversation, you know, that we're doing, uh, that we can come together in a group, you know, the wonderful apparatus that we have, the technological apparatus that we have is so, so cool. And having just been to a couple of events where three-dimensional live people were there, whoa, what a concept. And so interesting because there were only a few people wearing masks, which is their prerogative. You know, that's not a big deal to me. You, you can or you don't have to, but it's nice to be able to do that as, um, as a group and get together as a group like that, technology or uh, physically present. So more and more of that seems to be happening. And it's just uh, wonderful to see and wonderful to experience. So where do you, where do you see this going, say, over this uh, next year? You know, the books, like I said, it's either about to launch or perhaps by the time someone sees this, it already will have launched. 
where do you see yourself going, let's say, over the next year? You got another book in mind? Uh, anything don't. like that? <laughs> I don't have another book in mind. I'm, I'm really happy to rest on my laurels with this one for a while. Of course, yeah. <laughs> As I, you should. I think that um, the way I've done my life in recent years has worked out really well for me. I really don't make plans. I think um, I think I shared with you lately the book. I wasn't I wasn't really thinking about writing another book. I knew that I had refined the joy trainings tremendously, but that was you know the publisher reached out to me and said we think we want you to do a book about joy, and I decided yes. I think the universe is telling me it's time. I'm going to do that. That feels right. The podcast I had never really thought about being a podcaster. Diane reached out and said I'm starting this network. Do you want to do a podcast? I'm like yeah, I think I want to do a podcast. And when I let it happen that way it's always good and it always works out so beautifully. So I'm sort of sitting on my fingers this month with the book about to release because I'm like, oh, I should be trying to do this for the launch. I should be trying to make this happen for the mm -hmm. launch. And I really learned, no, I just sit here in my place of stillness. I am the magnet. I'm going to draw to me whatever's the next right step. And then I just follow the breadcrumbs and it doesn't always look like I think it's going to look. So I don't know what's next for me, Stephen. <laughs> gotcha. I understand that totally. Uh, the word that's, uh, and I love words, you know, I just love, and you too, You, as a writer, you have to, you have to really love words. Emerge. Mm. the the practice i think is very similar to what you described is there's periods of time and i call them my advisors or my spiritual team you know that i'll i'll get information from but they have frequently said just go with it and watch what emerges you know and then what does emerge you can take and nurture that but something will emerge you know ultimately i think that's been happening in about three different uh, i'd say over the last three years it's happened at about three different times and then something always comes together like you described it's a very different way to do life gang <laughs> so they, they give it a all hanging out of the water cooler together up there because that's exactly what mine say too <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly it's very very similar and i suspect you know maybe a lot of spiritual teachers are really um practicing that or putting that into words in some way and encourage people not to get so nothing wrong with planning, you know, but it, it can become a, a grip, you know, and it can hold its grip on you mostly through what you're thinking about. You know, I got to get this done or a case of the gotta, gotta do's, gotta do's, gotta do's. Yeah, <laughs> We're funny critters. Good. We're very funny critters, aren't we? Human beings. We've been trained to do that. We've, we've yeah. been brought up that way but it's really not, not serving us for the most part. Yeah. What would you do without your schedule? What would you do without your phone? You know, what would you do? Leave it, leave it aside for a while and see what happens, you know, get anxious and then get over it. Yeah. <laughs> Easier said than done. Lisa, thank you so much. Um, our time's coming to a conclusion here, but I really appreciate what you have to say. And again, I want to refer everybody to your website, lisamccourt.com. Uh, I've spelled it a couple times, but Cal, one more time, uh, no caps, right? I, I put in some caps here, but L-I-S-A-M, little M-C-C-O-U-R-T, like M-C-C-O-U-R-T. And also the name of the book is You Free Your Joy, 12 Keys to Sustainable Happiness. And again, Yang, uh, who's listening, I got to tell you, she's the real deal. You know, I've known her for many years. She's a, just uh, 
really walks her talk. And that's something I admire about anybody. So Lisa, thank you again. And thanks for being such a great guest. Thank you, my friend. I love being with you. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you too, Lisa. Blessings to you and uh, let the joy spread. Thanks for joining me, and I hope you join me for future episodes where I'll share some powerful healing practices and meditations, introduce you to some amazing guests and friends of mine who will stop by for some conversation, and on occasion, I'll pull some oracle cards from one of my decks and do readings. I'll also share some of my original music that I'm sure you'll enjoy. If you like what I'm doing, please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app or go to my show page on mindbodyspirit.fm where you can also get the free mobile app to listen to any of my shows or find some new favorites. If you'd like to contact me with questions, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram or send an email to info at drstephenfarmer.com. You can also find lots of material on that website, drstephenfarmer.com, so please feel free to explore. Please also know that by sending a question, you're giving me permission to possibly use it in a future podcast so others may benefit from it. And to close, I'd leave you with the four most important words to take with you. Gratitude, love, compassion, and forgiveness. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.